So this is a disclaimer. I am not a doctor or a lawyer. I am not qualified to give anyone medical or legal advice. You take any advice in this video at your own risk. So for this video, I'm going to be telling you guys how I used to run my major trauma clause. It might not be the best way to run one, but it's the way that I like to do it and the way that I was accustomed to it. Definitely a much more experienced paramedics ran their clause way better, and but they had different ways to do it. But I'm just going to go to over the ways that I did it. I want to be going over major trauma before minor trauma for the following reasons. Major trauma causes are harder than minor traumas in the aspect that you have to work fast. You work faster than minor trauma causes. However, major trauma causes are easier than minor trauma causes in the aspect that you talk less. You do more, you talk less. In that way, sometimes major traumas are actually like easier than minor traumas. If you're a type who's better at working their hands and just moving, it's going to be easier for you than minor trauma. And also, in terms of minor trauma, you can get some shitty paramedic preceptor, some shitty fucking paramedic FTO who will fail you for a minor trauma call because you didn't fucking ask when was the last time that the patient took a shit or some stupid non-pertinent question. Oh, when was the last time you ate something or took a shit? You know, fuck, fucking bullcrap. Um, anyways, yeah, I'm a huge proponent of the belief that there are a thousand different ways that you can run a call. There's a thousand different ways that you can choke a chicken. You just choose the easiest way for you. Like, at least for the EMS side, as long as you fulfill the criteria of taking care of ABCs, you can run a call in any way that you fucking like. Uh, unfortunately, like most paramedic trainers and preceptors, fire captains, EMS supervisors, a lot of those pieces of shits, they don't believe in this. A lot of people in EMS like to be very anal about doing things their one specific way. Uh, mostly this is because like, um, well, this is mostly because EMS is full of like dirty sex degenerates who are obsessed with buttholes. Um, so yeah, if you're a paramedic intern, don't listen to my video. The only one who can pass you on your internship is your preceptor. So run calls the way that they taught you or want you to. Don't listen to some like random fucktard on the internet like me. Like the only person on the internet that you should be fucking listening to is Alex Jones. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Not gonna lie, that dude actually does predict like some real fucking shit. He mystic Mac, he predicts these things. Um but yeah, so if you're an already an established paramedic with your own specific way of like running major trauma calls your way, this video is not for you. This is more for people who are like, I guess, newer to EMS, someone who's looking for some kind of nice autistic structure to running calls. Because again, I believe that autism is the key to healthcare. Because I believe autism can save patients. Before you get mixed up, having autism and being retarded have are completely different. They have one huge difference. And that's whether or not you fucking own Dogecoin. Yeah, diamond hands, motherfucker. Um, so yeah, re yeah, recently I was like doing community service because a judge ordered me to. Uh, I mean, um, I was doing community service because I love my community and I'm about repping my set and shit. What's up? Um, so yeah, I was volunteering at the local special ed class, helping teach all those stupid fucking retards and crap, make sure they don't shit on themselves. And anyways, in the special ed class, there was this one smart autistic class in the class. 
uh, with really good like Rain Man autistic memory, great autism memory, like Rain Man and shit. Yeah, and I was uh, talking to this autistic kid, uh, and I was like, "Hey, yo, you should be a doctor uh, because you have a great fucking memory. Right? You can count carbs." And after this stupid like autistic kid was done sniffing glue and eating paint, he turned to me and was like. Oh, derpy derp, no, I want to be a paramedic firefighter. Uh, and I was like, uh, oh, fuck, you, you're kind of making a mistake. Um, if you haven't seen my first video yet, you, you gotta watch that. Don't become a paramedic. Yeah, you know, this, I'm pretty much making this video, I guess, to give advice to this autistic person who might be better off sniffing glue with the other retards. So, again, before I get on to it real quick, a lot of this stuff is stupid fucking specific because again this is the uh, my again my way that you i ran calls you don't need to run the calls the way i run them you can take some pearls of wisdom here change the way you do it or just say fuck it i can't run calls like this first way how i run trauma class there are three things that i believe are in ems like the three different like elements and shit delegation preparation and talent it is always like a weird fucking like rochambeau preparation defeats dele beats delegation delegation beats talent and a talented paramedic with great fucking skills um beats the prepper the, the doomsday prepper paramedic um and typically like uh, paramedics and EMTs you uh, unless you're stupid fucking talented like you're a fucking surfer bro or a bartender you can only pick two out of three that's just how life is like you can only pick to be good at delegation and being good at preparing or you can be a talented paramedic who's only good at delegation too you you're you, you can pretty much only pick two out of three for the most part that I've seen so like the first part I I'm all uh, uh giving you the autistic way how I run calls preparation all, people with autism love preparing for Dogecoin and crap and like GME and shit. So even before the trauma call starts, your fucking shift started. Have your motherfucking rig ready. Um, and by that, I mean have a bag spiked, have suction ready. Um, again, you might not like this because you might not say it's not sterile. Personally, I like to grab the suction. I would open it up and just hook it up to the tube. Obviously, I would keep it in its packaging. The packaging is obviously now open because I had to hook it up to the suction right by the captain's chair. So some people say, oh, that's bad because it's not as sterile, but it's still in the packaging. Take, take that what you will with it. Have, again, the saline bag spiked. So that's going to be pretty much ready. So if you have your trauma for your first call, or hell, let's say you're three calls down and there's no bag spiked, spike your fucking bag. Um, the next thing I want my controls on. And by controls on, by the captain's chair, I want it on, for the lights, I want it on high dome beam. So that it'd be super bright. I already have that, like, ready. So if I turn the lights on, it'll be on high light. Next, I want the heat. Because I don't want it on AC cooling. I want it on heat. I show up for my shift. I just click that one button. Obviously, I don't mean you're turning it. I, I don't mean to turn on the AC when you start off your shift. I mean to have that button to be designated, pre-designated on heat. So when you hit the AC button, it'll be on heat versus cold. Because remember, you got to keep trauma, trauma patients fucking hot. And you really don't need to cool that many patients down unless it's like it's in the summer. Uh, next, one thing I like to do um, is I would have an IV kit ready. Because never expect a firefighter 
Uh, or, yeah, I'd never expect a firefighter paramedic to know where anything is in your fucking rig. So I would pretty much have, like, a piece of chucks. I put, uh, and put the, any, everything that you need for an IV in there. For a large bore IV, for pretty much a trauma IV. I'll wrap up that chucks, put it, like, on one of the things. So pretty much if someone came in and I wanted them to delegate a stupid monkey skill that is an IV, I just grab that chucks and throw it at them, like, hey, yo, here. And obviously when you throw it at them, you throw the blood calmer there, too. Because if you're going to do an IV, might as well get a fucking sugar. Um... Yeah, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much the things that I like to get ready, uh, to turn on my shift. I'm oh, sorry, to get, uh, to get my shift when I'm starting my shift, I like to do that shit. So I can get ready in case of a stupid trauma call comes. So let's say your shift has started, you got your rig started, you got your rig prepped up, you're in a nice preparation, you're chilling with your sniffing glue because you're, uh, have autism and crap. And you're chilling, waiting for a call at your post. And then you get dispatched by uh, dispatch for a code three trauma. All right, what are you gonna do? Right when you fucking hear dispatched medic sixty nine, you are dispatched for a code three trauma, code three fall, code three auto versus ped, code three shooting, stabbing, whatever it is, code three trauma. I hit the light up there because again, I'm assuming I'm assuming that you're a paramedic and your partner is an EMT or medic who's driving. You're the lead medic, so he he's going to be focused on maps and driving or getting to the place. Immediately, I like to turn the light down on. So that means the cabin will immediately be bright. Then I will hit the AC button. Because remember, you want your trauma patients um, to be hot. At least, uh, again, because medicine's always fucking changing. I don't trust, I don't believe anyone, anyone who says that they know anything about medicine is fucking full of horseshit. At least from what I was taught when I was in, uh, when I was a medic was you keep trauma patients warm. There's actually been some weird fucking studies in the middle of like butt fuck, um, somewhere where they've actually been doing therapeutic hypothermia for trauma patients and actually been having good outcomes. So if that's the case, then have it on cooling for instead of heat. But again, back to the way that I used to run claws. So I turn on the light, I turn on the heat. Cause, it, cause let's, let's be honest here. The ambulances are fucking shitty. The equipment is fucking shitty. Your partners are fucking shitty. Um, and like the heat, especially, it takes a while to get the fucking heat on. So right when I get dispatched, I turn that fucking heat, turn the fucking light on. So that it'll, by the time we get there, it'll be fucking warm and toasty for your dying dead patient. And at least for the lights, um, that was one thing because I used to work fucking nighttimes and shit where you could not fucking see shit. So I like it bright. I want it bright so I can actually see my patient, so I can actually assess my patient. So, wee-woo, wee-woo, near and near, you're fucking going to your stupid trauma call, uh, in the middle of the buttfuck night when you should be sleeping. Um, personally, for me, I really let, I, for almost every call, whether it's trauma or medical, uh, I don't care what it is, I like to be first on scene. So, I'm gonna go with that first, how, what to do when you're first on scene. The only time, the only calls, really, that you don't want to be first on scene is, like, highway trauma, like, uh, I've had like a time when I was first on scene for highway trauma, like literally even before the fucking um, the highway like cops came to fucking secure scene. I was before before then. I was there on scene before them, and it was like sketchy as fuck. Like again, if it's like a highway trauma or some scene safety crap, you definitely might want to fucking just chill 
before I chill for like a minute or three or five minutes before you even start going on route, just to make sure some fucking hands can go there and make your fucking scene safe and crap. So anyways, back to it. Let's say you are first on scene, like how I like it. Right when I'm first on scene, because again, aut- people with autism love fucking times. They love fucking numbers. I'll look at my watch immediately. I will write that time on my fucking glove. I will know when I look at it later, because I want to be out of here. I want to be out of scene in 10 minutes from the time that I wrote on that glove. And that's the time that you're going for the golden 10 minutes. You leave your ambulance. You walk to the side door. You open it. Your jump bag should be right there. I put on your fucking jump bag. Close the side door. Then you walk to the back door. And again, I don't know fucking how your fucking ambulances are set up, but this was how the way all the ambulances that I worked in was set up. I open up the back door. The back door, I always prepped it to have, um, that's where the back door, there were, uh, that was where our um, backboards were. I always put a C collar right next to the backboard and a headbed. I would just grab the headbed. My partner would, I would leave the C collar um, and the backboard for my partner to grab. So pretty much again, I'm having the jump bag on my back and I'm having a headbed in my hand. Next, I, I'm going to start approaching my patient. Again, this is major trauma, so we're already assuming the patient's fucked up, right? Specifically, I like to approach the patient from the patient's right. Why did I do that? Why is the patient's right so important? And this is not for every single EMS provider. If you work in an ambulance company that gives you big fucking ambulances where you have access to the patient's right and left, where you can do CPR compressions on the patient's right and your left, you are fucking lucky. You don't know how fucking lucky you are. Like most ambulances, literally, once you load a patient up into the ambulance, you lose access to the patient's right. So if you missed an injury, it's so much harder to assess it, so much harder to treat any patient on any injury on the patient's right. Like literally, you are losing access to 50% of the fucking patient's body. It's completely like um, stupid how uh, ambulances are fucking designed and crap. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, so again, let's say you're not lucky. You have a small ass ambulance that makes you lose access to the patient's right. Okay, so you're going to walk with your jump bag and your head bit, and again, you approach the patient uh, from the patient's right side. So when you go there, you're going to be touching the patient's right radial pulse. Next, let's start off with after. You're walking, you might want to, uh, let's say the patient's lying down, con- uh, lying down on the concrete surface in the street. This part's going to be kind of more like, uh, I guess, NREMT, honestly. But, uh, so remember after. Uh, you might, you're walking up, just yell something, hey homeboy, like, what's up, you awake? You awake? If you're fucking awake, don't move your neck, whatever. Um, again, uh, and then let's say this is major trauma, so let's go with more that, um, let's go with, let's, let's say you're fucking unresponsive to you. Let's, let's go with more of the worst case scenario, because again, this is major trauma. And again, if they are awake... Or again, you can say something like, hey, don't move your neck for the whole stupid sea collar thing. Um, yeah, if you're awake, then you know you go down your whole anal four shit. And yeah, speaking about sea collars, because some people might be like, oh, yeah, if you're first on scene, uh, why aren't you going to go grab, like, the patient's head and be like, and fucking, like, do the whole sea spine thing. And again, we're going off based if I'm first on scene. There's a few reasons, like, 
first, let's 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 be fucking honest about stupid C collars, right? C or C collars and C spine. I mean, C C collars and whole backward mobilization. The only reason why paramedics and EMTs use full full C spine mobilization, I mean C collars and a backboard and uh, full C spine mobilization, is to protect our own fucking licenses. The only reason why we do that. It's because a lot of times if we don't do that, that stupid fucking nurse, that stupid fucking doctor, they're going to rip us a new butt fucking butthole and threaten to take away our licenses. We only do that because it's in our fucking protocol. If you actually look at the fucking data, full C-spine immobilization does not help like any patients. It fucking increases on scene times and you don't really stabilize shit. If you, like literally, if a dude or had a spinal injury and was already paralyzed, you fucking putting him on a backboard is not going to suddenly fucking fix him. Be like, oh, because you put me on a fucking C-spine and a backboard, I suddenly have CSMs. I suddenly can feel my fucking toes. No, that does not fucking happen. You do not fix anything. You do not heal anything with a fucking backboard. You are simply wasting time. And literally, they found out pretty much that uh, forward and neck injuries for the spinal cord injuries, literally only 2% of them actually benefit from it and they don't benefit from full C-spine. Uh, they benefit from a simple C-collar. Again, I don't really have any fucking data in front of me, so I could just be speaking out of my fucking ass and out of fucking memory and shit. But pretty much about 2% of the pain, about the 2% of the neck and spinal cord injuries are the only ones who actually benefit and they benefit from a simple C-collar. These are the, these 2% of patients are the very super rare ones. The ones who walk up to you, are talking to you, and they suddenly turn their neck a weird fucking way and they drop down to the floor paralyzed. That very, very rare sensitive neck injury, they literally turn, tweak one way and their, their very unstable injury becomes completely irreparable and they fucking fall to the ground um, paralyzed. Those are the very rare patients that fucking benefit from seat collars. Uh, literally everyone else does not. So you are pretty much banking on, because again, it takes fucking time to get on scene. Even if you're first on scene, it takes fucking time to get on scene. You're telling me in, let's say, the fucking eight minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, in the time that it took for me to get on scene, you're telling me that patient did not tweak their neck, turn their neck uh, one time to look around their surroundings and fall down paralyzed? Like, yeah, they have neck pain, but they probably don't have that rare 2% of neck pains that become paralyzed from turning their neck wrong in the time that it took me to get there. And again, I'm not completely talking shit about C-spine, C-collars. Put a fucking C-collar on, you know? I'm just, I'm mostly talking shit about full C-spine, full C-spine precautions. Nothing wrong with putting a C-collar on. Again, there are cons of C-collars. Like, it fucking, make, it fucking makes airway management a fucking bitch. It makes suctioning a head trauma patient fucking bad if they start vomiting. There are cons to it, but, you know, don't get it twisted. There's nothing wrong with putting a C-collar on. Um, sorry, so I kind of got off track about my hatred for, uh, C-callers. Um, what did I say? So yeah, back to APU. Sorry, yeah, APU. You go to APU to check responsiveness. If they're responsive, go down your ANO4. Or, you know, just talk to them. Hey, man, what hurts, man? What, what happened here? You got shot? If unresponsive, we're going to go more with the unresponsive algorithm. Because this is major trauma. We're going to make it worse. Now, goes down to CAB. They are unresponsive. Let's go check responsive first. A nice fucking sternum rub. If they are unresponsive, check pulse. Feel for a radio. 
hopefully they have at least a weak radio. If they have no radio, then I would like to do, I would like to feel chronic. If they do not, let's go uh, best case scenario. Best case scenario is they do not have a carotid. Because that means you get to do less work. At this point in time, my partner is still grabbing that stupid fucking sea um, uh, collar and backboard out of the ambulance. While I'm on scene with my jump bag and headbed on the floor now checking a pulse. I'm going to yell to my partner immediately. If he has no carotid pulse and no radio pulse, I'm going to yell to my partner. Hey, yo, can you grab me the monitor? I think that's more important. Notice that I left the monitor in the ambulance in the, in the beginning. Because for the most part, you don't fucking need your monitor for traumas. At least until you get into the ambulance. On scene, on scene, you only need your jump bag. That's why I only carried my jump bag. You don't need your monitor. But for this very rare case, you will. If he has no carotid. So my partner instead, in that case, would... Leave the seat, would stop grabbing the backboard and z-collar, would grab the uh, monitor and bring it to me. At that point, then we slow down and we put a four lead on to make sure that the patient uh, fits. Like, Because sometimes your fucking fingers lie to you. Sometimes you just can't feel a pulse because it's fucking weak. You know? Um, let's go see what the monitor says. If the monitor, if he fits traumatic, um, traumatic cardiac arrest protocols, then you could actually call a time of death and not work. It, that's best case scenario. You don't best case scenario is you work less. You work less and maybe lose your lunch and vomit. Oh ah, fuck. Burping. Um yeah, best case scenario is yeah, you call time of death, you work less, and I guess maybe you lose your lunch um on dinner on the drive home, thinking of some of the fucked up shit you seen. Um but yeah, uh again, consult your local traumatic uh cardiac arrest protocols for that. But let's go to the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, let's say he has either at least a weak radio pulse or at least like a weak carotid pulse. So at this point, my partner, I'm not going to yell at my partner to grab the uh, monitor. I don't fucking need it. My partner is then going to still keep fucking around with the um, backboard as he call her uh, walk for me. Uh, so with that, I have determined his pulse. Next thing that I like to do, again, I'm first on team for anyone else comes and for my partner comes. I, I like to treat, like, you should, when you go to, to a trauma scene, you should be treating it like you're going on a date. What do you want to do on your date? You want to get the other person naked as soon as possible. You want to find as many holes as you can and fill up all of those fucking holes. Strip and flip. And so if you're new to EMS, ugh, I fucking hate saying this, but... Really, the, the two things that you should invest on, and by invest, I mean waste your fucking money on because it's a stupid career and your company's not going to reimburse you for it, is you should, pro you should invest in good trauma shears and a good stethoscope. The two things that you should put money into, good trauma shears and a good stethoscope. Because if you have shitty trauma shears, this strip and flip is going to be fucking hard. If you're wearing motorcycle uh, leather outfit, it's going to be hard. And I'm not going to name any, like, specific brands of trauma shares or stethoscopes because I'm not fucking, um, I'm not fucking sponsored by any of them. None of them are giving me money. But, like, yeah, like, if any of those companies is watching this video and they would like to sponsor me and give me, like, some fucking money, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll shout out your product. Just, like, just put it out there. Like, like, hell, if fucking Raid Shadow Legends, uh, yeah, fucking Raid Shadow Legends came out with their own brand of stethoscope, like, yeah, like, just fucking hit me up, and I'll, I'll fucking say that 
rate Shadow Legends trauma trauma shears are the best, you know. Give me money, you know. Um sorry, yeah. Anyways, strip and flip. After I determine the pulse, next thing I do is strip and flip. I'm gonna put all these bullet points down in this description. Because I guess I'm I don't have a script in front of me, so I'm getting off tangent like I always fucking am. Um strip and flip. You want to get them as naked as possible. Because again, I want to see those injuries. I used to work at night. There's no fucking light anywhere. And I'm first on scene. So no one has a fucking flashlight. You want to cut as much clothes as you can. Um, as possible. So you can actually fucking see injuries. Now this is an argument. Uh, that I've gotten into. Or argument or debates I guess. Uh, some master debates. With some other paramedics and crap. And EMTs. Um, some. So again. I'm stripping and flipping them right there, out there in the fucking in the middle of the street in concrete. Why? Because I I would need to find those injuries. I need to I need to get them naked as soon as possible and find the holes so I can film. Treat it like a date. Um, a lot of paramedics I've talked to, they're like, oh no no no, I I wait until like I just package them up, put them in the ambulance, and that's where I strip and flip because I value privacy. Or other people would be like, oh no, uh, like I, I strip and flip on scene, but I cover them up with a blanket. And again, I'm like, I, I I don't like, I'm like, I that's not my priority because again, A, B, and C's. I need to see C. I need to see where where the fuck you're bleeding. And again, I'm assuming it's nighttime. If you're new to EMS, it's nighttime. You can't fucking see shit. I'm not going to fucking cover up an injury if I couldn't fucking see it in, in the first place. Um, and honestly, like, so again, do whatever your preceptor or trainer told you. My biggest fucking gripe, literally, with those medics who fucking say, Oh, I like to strip and flip in the ambulance because I value privacy. My biggest gripe about that is they only do that shit when they have a fucking female patient, which I get, but at the same time, it's like, So you're so you're saying you only value the privacy of your female patients, but not your male patients? Like, your male patients, their privacy is fucking like matter too. Like, oh, let's say this. That's. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine you're a fucking ghetto gangbanger. And you're just, you're a ghetto gangbanger. Life's good. You're selling dope, but you're hustling. You're making money. Uh, you leave your mama, you're, you're like, you're leaving your baby mama's place. You're a great gangbanger. You got hella street cred. Like no one fucks with you. And then suddenly you get shot. And like some pair, and then some fucking paramedic comes out here. Some paramedic. Some holier than thou fucking paramedic who only strip and flips patients, uh, who only strip and flips female patients in the ambulance comes, but is completely fine with stripping and flipping male patients comes, and he strip and flip you, and like, again, let's be honest here, you got shot, you're dying, you got trauma dick, right? You you, you got trauma dick. You're you're not presenting to the fullest of your potential. It's going to be, and you're in the streets. It's going to be very hard to put more food on the table when your profession is based off street cred. It's going to be very hard to like maintain that street cred when literally everyone on the fucking block is looking at your small ass trauma dick. And again, it's understandable. It's trauma dick. Your blood is shunting away from your unnecessary body part and more to your core. The more, the more important shit. So, you know, so it's kind of like my my thing was literally. You either respect everyone's privacy or you don't respect anyone's in terms of major trauma. I'm not respecting privacy because I'm respecting your circulation more than your fucking privacy, right? You know, and if your patient's awake, you know, 
just talk to them like hey man i get it dude i totally get trauma dig don't worry about it you know strip and flip why do i have my jump bag on because i'm stripping and flipping if i see anything i'm opening up my jump bag i like to have my trauma shit right like when i open my main bag you gotta mem you gotta memorize where everything is in your fucking jump bag i like to have my uh trauma shit i open up the main pouch flip it open boom trauma shit's there what do you need you need a tourniquet you need quick clot maybe uh those are the only two things you need. If anything is only is if anything is not actively bleeding, I don't need to treat it now. I'm only getting tourniquets if I need it or a quick clot if I need if I find anything. So I'm busy. I'm, I'm in the middle of stripping and flipping and finding injuries. Some time has passed. By now, your fire crew, your fire engine paramedic has come has probably arrived on scene by now. By now, your partner has uh, grabbed that heavy um, backboard, has grabbed the sea collar out, and he's here. Now you have some fucking hands. Immediately, this is the biggest thing why I like being first on scene is because it makes delegating so much easier. I'm I am going to go into two branches to help you out on what to do if you are not um first on scene. But let's say well we're going with the same contingency that you are first on scene. You're first on scene. The fire crew does not know shit. You're the only one who knows anything. So there, so now is time for you to start delegating. What are you, uh, for basically, since this is trauma, there are only a few things that you need to delegate on scene, on scene. And by on scene, on scene, I mean you're not an ambulance. You're on the fucking concrete sidewalk. First, history taking slash taking pictures. Like, if this is an auto versus ped, you might, if you have an extra hand, have someone, like, take a picture of the cars. Next, you are going to need multiple hands for backboarding, someone to hold the head for C-spine, if you're full immobilization and uh last one someone to set the back of your rig up so three things history backboarding someone to set up the back of your rig here is a weird conflicting thing um to do so personally i like to i like to delegate history taking to my partner the reason why again because a lot of it's a lot of times it's an auto versus ped you want, um, and my partner will probably, like, take a picture of, like, the damage on the car. So, they're starring on the shield. Because, again, I didn't see shit. I'm busy zoning in on the patient, on this dying patient, this critical trauma patient that I need to uh, fucking treat. Right? So, uh, and if I delegate that to a fire engine, a lot of times, you know, you have a, you don't work with, you don't work with these firefighters every single fucking shift, but you work with your partner, your full-time partner, you work with him every shift, you have a good rapport, you have good, like, vibes with each other, so I, uh, like, you know, I usually like to delegate history to him, and that's one of the reasons why I said in the beginning, remember, there's three things here for delegation right away, three things you want to delegate, it's almost honestly, like, um, Medical. For medical, instead of, like, history-taking, packaging the patient, someone sit the back of your rig slash monitor. It's honestly almost the same thing as medical, but forget for trauma. History-taking, backboarding, slash set up your rig. Remember my first point? My first autistic point of the, uh, setting up your uh, ambulance? Prepar remember the Rochambeau. Preparation beats delegation. Why did I spike that back? Why do I have the chucks ready? That way, I only have... That way... The, why my, I really believe in the autistic in the autistic way of running traumas. The three things I need to delegate just went down to two, motherfucker. Booyah. I only need to delegate history taking for my partner and the stupid fucking fire crew for the backboarding slash C-spine. Can you hold C-spine? I need some good people to fucking uh, pretty much log roll the patient. 
So again, you want to delegate fast. So while you're so while you're delegating and they're getting shit, they're moving the backboard, uh, your partner's taking the pictures, you immediately delegate. Now you have a little bit of time because every time you delegate someone to do something, you have to always account for the time that it takes for them to do it. So they're doing it. This gives me more time to continue. I'm going to continue stripping and flipping. If uh, if I did not finish stripping and flipping by now, I'm going to toss my expensive ass trauma shears that my company never reimbursed me for. Um, I'm going to throw it at, at a firefighter. Don't throw scissors, but you get the fucking figure of speech. Don't be throwing shit. I'm going to hand my uh, tra my expensive trauma shears. Uh, that again, um, I'm not saying a specific brand so that they can continue stripping and flipping. Um, while I actually touch the areas of the body, do a quick blood sweep. If I find any blood, if I find any blood, I'm going to start throwing quick clots slash tourniquets to um, the fire crew. Hey, hey, I found like, hey, I found uh, the, hey, you see the actively bleeding thing on his right upper quadrant. Here's a quick clot. Can you do that? Hey, he's bleeding pretty bad from like the forearm here. Can you tourniquet that right arm? You know, toss stuff to them. Now that all the injuries are at least somewhat treated, because again, tourniquets are pretty fast, but let's say it's quick clot. At least, like, I don't, I'm not saying to uh, quick clot and then uh, tape it up nice and beautiful, because that honestly kind of takes a little time. And let's say the patient's bleeding, it's fucking slippery as fuck. So I'm not saying the quick clot perfectly fine. I'm saying at least to get the quick clot out and put some, have someone be putting some fucking pressure on in that hole. Uh, fill, remember, get them naked fast, fill up the holes. You got quick cloth to fill up the holes. Doesn't have to be pretty yet. Does not have to be pretty yet and stabilized. We, uh, trauma, we got to work fast. I'm looking at my watch. Am I at my 10 minutes yet? So at this point, you're treating injuries slash treated, half treated it with a quick cloth, or you found no injuries that need to be treated, like contusions, bruises. Contusions and bruises are my shit because you don't have to treat them. You just note them. You just make a note of them. Now we backboard. Now we package. Again, why did I say I like to go on the patient's right? I'm going to delegate a person to go on the patient's left, and they are going to log roll the patient onto the patient's left. Me and other guys, we are going to grab that backboard, and we are going to stick it in the, in the, on the patient's right. The backboard is pretty much going to go on the patient's left buttocks, because, again, they're being log rolled towards the left. Again... These shitty ambulances. You lose access to the patient's right. No one ever misses an injury on the back. Because every fucking, every EMT school, every paramedic school always stresses. Oh, don't miss the back. Don't miss the back. No, fuck the back. We all know the back. Everyone misses the right side. Unless you work in a nice fucking ambulance where you have access to the patient's right. At this point, I am going to look at the right. If the patient's a little bit lighter, like, uh, and if the um, if the people who are log rolling the patient to the left uh, aren't having too much difficulty log rolling him, I'm going to ask him, hey, uh, can you lift up his right arm for a bit so I can actually look at the armpit really big? You don't want to miss that miss that little bullet hole in the armpit. I'm going to do a nice sweep. If, if let's say, uh, the patient's especially fucking fat, some fucking fat piece of shit who's, like, breaking your back and crap, um, and they're having a hard time log rolling him, they can't raise up his arm uh, for you, so you can't really get a good visual, at least do a blood sweep. Stick your fucking hand underneath that armpit. Do a little blood sweep for any um, things you have to treat. Because remember, C, circulation, really big. And we're, um, again, I'm looking at injuries in the back. And why I kind of don't give a shit about backboards. If I see any C, circulation problems in the back, uh, and any active bleeding in the back, I am not going to backboard. I'm literally, I'm going to tell the crew, because 
Again, you want to assess that shit. Trauma patients, there's a huge fucking chance that they're going to, like, bleed through that crap. Unless, like, you did a perfect fucking rap. A lot of times, hell, even if you do the perfect rap, they're fucking bleeding, you know. There's a good chance that they can... You want to reassess that rap. You want to reassess that fucking treatment that you did, that quick clot. So if they have an injury, on, let's say they're bleeding on the back. I'm going to start putting quick clot in that shit. And again, same things. I'm not going to tape it perfectly. I'm just going to put some fucking pressure on it for now. And I'm going to tell, the, uh, tell my crew, hey, I have bigger priorities. Let's say I'm still worried about C-spine. C well, I'm going to keep the C-collar on. But instead, I'm going to use a yellow burrito. And sorry... For, uh, if you don't know what a yellow burrito is, I literally just mean like a yellow. Like, you know, that shitty thing that you use to wrap up your dirty, homeless patient with scabies? Use that, because it's a great way you can use. Uh, I'm going to use that, put that on the floor while he's still log rolled while I'm, I'm quick clotting. Someone's grabbing the yellow. You delegate that. And a little side note, firefighters don't know where anything is in your fucking rig. I always kept the yellow right on behind on the catch of my gurney. So I could say, because uh, when you delegate, be very specific because they don't know where anything is your rig. So I say, hey, can you grab me that yellow on the back of my um, on the back of my gurney? Can you grab me that yellow in that uh, bottom compartment? Be very specific for locations. Don't just say stuff. You have to say, where is it? Because again, you can't, can't I hate firefighters, but you cannot count them. You cannot count it against them for not knowing what your where things in your rig is. I hate them, but uh, you know, I, I give them the pass on that. So you, so let's say you're yellow burritoing them. You put the yellow down. That's how you transfer them, or you backboard them and you assess them. To them. Sorry, uh, I'm gonna go backwards a little bit. I'm gonna go backwards to a little point. So, pretty much, I just told you what happens if I'm first on scene and how to delegate. I'm going backwards to let's say, let's say you are second on scene. The fire crew is on, um, has has half of the patient package. They never, they're never completely done unless your uh, on route time was like, so unless you were like coming up from out of post. If you're second on scene to this major trauma call, first thing you want to do is, again, they know everything, you don't. They've been on scene for a little bit longer. First thing before uh, I go out, again, I, I'm still doing the 10 minutes on my glove. I write down what time I got on scene on my glove. Grab my jump bag real quick. I'll keep this because usually the firefighters, if they're first on scene, they have the back water crap. I'm going to go up to whoever is going to give me the report in the fire crew, get a quick report from them. See, and so this will actually help you for medical calls and trauma calls. This will help you for any call for if, that you're not first on scene. For when you're first on scene, delegation is easy because nothing got done. I hate being second on scene because this is you actually have to slow down. Let's be honest, there are communication with the fire crews are going to fucking suck, especially if you are following my autistic rule. If you are following my autistic rules, that means you're an autistic ass motherfucker who can't uh, communicate with fire crews easily or anyone for the most part. You're, go you're going to give you a report and it's probably going to be shitty because you are autistic. Slow down, slow your breathing down and just think, what did he tell me? What do I really need to pay attention to? The only first pay attention to history. Did he get the history? Did he know how fast the car was going? Does he know how many gunshots there are? Uh, how, what injuries did he see? That's what I mean for history. Like tr uh, quickly take some like mental notes or write it on your glove. I like writing it on my fucking glove. Makes it easier. Next, after history, what they did they do, and what did they not do? That's 
for anything for literally or on how to take a report, uh, how to delegate. You just focus on what they did not do. Oh, did we not? Uh, like, let's say the firefighter was like, let's say this is a gunshot, and the firefighter paramedic was like, oh yeah, we got uh three gunshot wounds, two to the anterior chest, one to the back. Uh, we don't know which one's exit. We don't know which entrance. Who gives a shit? They just need to be filled up. Uh, and then you you look at oh which oh which ones have you treated? Which ones have you? Uh, oh, like the one in the back hasn't been treated yet. Okay, I have my jump bag in my back. Take it down. Throw a quick clot to a dude. Hey, can you, uh, hey, you, can you, uh, take care of that injury? Thank you, man, you're awesome. You know, again, try to be polite with the fire crews, even though they're never polite with you. You know, I, I don't fucking get that, but, you know, try to be, try to be polite with those pieces of shits. That's literally the only difference, that's only literally the difference between if you're first on scene or second. If you're second on scene, again, history from the fire, from wh what history did they get? What history did they not get? What did they do? What did they not do? And then you just do what they did not do. If everything was done, then that just means you reassess what they did. Slash reassess what they did. Slash extricate. If they did everything, okay, perfect. They already have him on the backboard. They already got a history. Okay, let's extricate. Let's get the fuck out of here. Sorry. So now I'm going to go back and forward. Back, forward in time. To pretty much where I said. We were first on scene. We either had the patient in a yellow burrito if they have a... Uh, penetrating injury that needs treatment on the back or if nothing was found on the back then we have them on the back one we load them up onto the gurney delegate people to move the gurney have your partner move the front or the back or have the firefighter move the front or back pretty much you have you want to have someone else pushing the gurney besides you why do i like to do this now uh, because let's say the patient is awake while you're rolling the gurney to the ambulance if the patient's awake i can actually talk to them more again uh, if they were conscious, you should have been talking to them while you were stripping and flipping them. You know, getting nice, stripping their clothes off without buying them dinner. Um, but, you know, let's say they got there fast. And, hell, you can always you can always talk to your patient more. You can always get more of a history. While we're rolling the gurney into the ambulance, this is the perfect fucking time that I, personally for me, I love to ask sample. Obviously, sample is not a big priority, but it's just... Easy fucking questions. Literally, hey man, you got allergies? No? Cool. Because again, it's trauma. They usually don't have allergies. You got any medical conditions like hemophilia or sickle cell? No? Cool. Yes? Oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm not going to ask meds, you know, unless I actually have time. I'm just getting allergies and what pertinent medical history did they get. Um, like, I'll ask meds later. Meds is like, meds is, is irrelevant. Like, oh yeah, you have AFib and you're on blood thinners? Cool. I'll ask you what blood thinner you take later. It's not important. I know you're on blood thinner. You know, I'll tell the hospital you're on a blood thinner. I don't need to know the exact type. If, um, let's say you're still rolling to the ambulance. Usually you only have time to ask sample. But let's say you have extra time. Let's say this call is running perfectly. You're fucking nailing it. You're nailing it like an autistic badass. Ask more. You, your partner should, should have gotten some history. You didn't uh, recap with them yet. But let's, let's, your partner got a history from either bystanders or taking pictures of the damage. But what does the patient fucking know? How did you land? Did you hit your head on the ground? Did the other, is, is this an assault? Did they hit you in the head? Uh, a lot of these, I know a lot of paramedics hate yes or no questions. A lot of these are yes or no questions, honestly, because this is fucking trauma. We're working fast. I don't want open-ended shit that leads to rabbit holes. I'm yes and no, and I can dig yes and no questions, and I can dig deeper. Like medical, you want open-ended. Trauma, yes and no questions. If something is suspicious, I will dig into it. And again, this is major. You don't really major trauma. You're not talking much. Like 
loss of consciousness. Any part of your memory seems hard to remember? Yes or no? Yes? Oh, okay. I'm going to delve into that later. So you're loading up to the you're loading the patient up into your ambulance. I'm hopping in. in. This is my personal rule for riders. If the patient is awake, I only need one rider, which is going to be the fire paramedic, just the two of us. If the patient is unresponsive or altered, like if the patient is uh, head trauma altered or combative uh, trauma, you want at a minimum, minimum of two fucking riders, fire paramedic and a fire EMT. Let's say the patient is altered, but their airway is fine. Literally, if the patient is altered, literally, I'll have the EMTs just sit in the captain chair and I'll tell him, hey man, can you just look at his airway and his pupils? That's your entire job. Sit by the suction by the captain and just by the captain's chair and look at the fucking patient's airway and tell me if anything fucking changes. So the, because I'm going to be doing some other shit. Airway is you. And immediately, uh, so pretty much we're in the rig. I like to grab that chucks full of ivy shit. And I throw it at the fucking um, fire paramedic. I immediately tell him, hey, can you do an IV? And remember when you're doing that, also throw him the glucometer. If you're doing an IV, you might as well get a sugar. Uh, I want to go real quick to like my, my, my partner before he closes the doors. I'm just going to tell him, like, again, I usually delegate my partner for, um, for fucking history. So I'm just going to give a recap with him. Hey, what was the mechanism? Hey, like, what, what fucking happened? uh cool 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 okay you, did you get any history no okay good and then then and again i'm doing multiple things at once while i'm talking to my partner the only thing on my monitor that i'm honestly putting on the patient is fucking pulse oximetry you put the pulse oximetry it's awesome because then you have pulse ox and you have fucking uh heart rate great and you already have uh, and you should have already felt a radial pulse or a carotid pulse so you already kind of know uh, what their blood pressure is uh, again this is a contradicting state but contradicting statement a lot of paramedics will disagree on me i really don't give a shit about blood pressures on traumas i care of i can feel a pulse i that is how i determine perfusion a blood pressure to me is a fucking number like skin signs and can i feel a pulse is what i am more like prioritized about i'm gonna look at my watch how am i doing on time if time is permitted like my partner at this point i already got history from him he sits I, me and my partner, me and my favorite partner, we already had a system. So he's going to sit in front. He's not going to drive you. I'll tell him, hey, can you give me a good 10 seconds so I can listen to lung sounds? Why did I not listen to lung sounds on scene, on scene? Even though I had time because I was first on scene. Because it's fucking noisy. Everything in fucking EMS is stupid fucking noisy. Before we're going on route with loud ass sirens, I want to take a good 10 seconds to look at, listen to lung sounds. Again, you got to invest in a good stuff. You got to waste money on a good stethoscope and a good trauma shears. I'm not sponsored, but if any companies are listening, I would like to be. And this is the time, if you hear any weird lung sounds and the pulse ox is shitty, this is the time where you actually spend more time on scene to actually dart someone. Because if you can actually treat something, you, you want to. Like, if you can actually up their pulse ox and treat their tension pneumo by darting them. All right, tell your partner, hey, real quick, I want to dart him. And then you go. If airway slash breathing is compromised... At this point, like, let's say uh, airway and breathing is compromised. You handle that shit right then and there before your partner goes, again, uh, before your partner starts driving. Unless time doesn't permit. Unless you already hit your 10 minutes, then you then you just handle that route. My big reason for that is I fucking hated open cabinets when I'm driving. When, when my partner's driving, I hated open cabinets. The worst thing in a call, in a call to recall, is having shit fly your fucking face from a stupid fucking open cabinet. 
So if airway slash breathing for your ultra patient is compromised, I'm not saying just put the right size OPA and BVM. At the very minimum, obviously I would like that. At the very minimum, what I like to do is I would like to have the OPA bags. Like I have a lot of bags. Um, you, I have a bag full of OPAs back in my ambulance. I want to at least have that out. I want to have the adult BVM with an end title attached to it. At the end title attached to the monitor, I close the cabinets. And suction's already ready because I already prepped it at the start of my ship. So I don't need to do that now. This is a disclaimer. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I am not qualified to give anyone medical or legal advice. If you follow any advice you hear from me or any of my videos, you do it at your own risk, including and leading up to your own death or paralysis. So, yeah, you have your OPA bags out there, so you can at least measure it. Um, and you have your BBM, so you can at least bag and crap. So now, let's say you're going code 3 to the trauma center. This is how your crew should be working. Your uh, firefighter paramedic should still still ish be working on IV unless he's stu stupid awesome at IVs and he already got the IV in the 10 seconds that it took for me to get lung sounds. Because I'm giving an order, but again, to be honest, a lot of this stuff is happening at once. Like I am putting the pull socks on the patient while um my fucking partner is giving me a recap on history because I delegated him to get history. But right now you're going code three to the trauma center. My my paramedic uh, is doing a dumb monkey skill, because again, you want you want to delegate dumb monkey skills, but you want to own your assessment. You want to touch your patient. You want to look at pupils. You want to uh, get lung sounds. You want to get dirty with that patient. Remember, treat trauma patients like a date. You want to get nice and dirty with them, like because you own your assessment. Don't delegate your assessment. At least until, like, again, like I said, I'm literally having two riders and one guy is um, literally looking at the airway. But why? He's looking at the airway because when I was stripping and flipping, I at least somehow, somewhat assessed the airway on scene, on scene when I was first on, when I was first on scene, on scene, on scene, before we were on scene ambulance, I assessed that out of crap. I can delegate reassessment for the most part. So we're going code three. He's doing an IV. The uh, EMT should be managing airway, should be assessing airway or managing airway. If the patient's airway is patent, he's just looking at it. If it's not, he's bagging and putting an OPA slash NPA. Now, first thing I do, because remember, I'm used to fucking night shifts. When I, and I stripped and flip in a dirty fucking, on the streets, in the dark with someone's shitty flashlight. I'm not, I need to make sure that my fucking eyes did not lie on me. The lights are on in the rig because our rumor are on and the fucking heat is blasting. It should be blasting and uncomfortable. First thing I do is I'm going to reassess the injuries. And I mean a good physical. I'm going to assess the pupils, assess the head. I'm going to feel, uh, feel, I want to go touch those areas, those quick claw areas, make sure they're not bleeding out. And again, at this point, I'm reassessing slash taping. I, I'm going to put the good tape on, to, on the quick clot now. I'm actually going to like, you know, the, the tourniquet should already be tight because tourniquets work pretty fast. But for the quick clot, like again, I said, I want at least some pressure on it. Now I'm putting, now I'm actually taping them. I'm taping them, reassessing, make sure they're not bleeding. While I'm doing that, I'm also touching the other parts of the body, making sure I'm really get it. This is, this is the part where you really do a good physical. This is the part where you actually check for pedal pulses. Because remember, I told you, I was stripping and flipping on scene. I did not fucking touch pedal pulses because that is not important. No one has ever died from an absence of Peter Polson. They died because they were fucking hemorrhagic. That is not your fucking priorities. 
if the patient's awake, well, then you only have two riders and you're just talking to the patient, which is, is easier, you know. You just talk to your patient about trauma dick. So after I did my good physical, I got the pedal pulses. I marked them if I felt it. If I don't uh, feel it, then I don't mark them. Uh, I did my good physical. I taped the quick clot pretty well. Next thing I'm going to do is if the patient's awake, I'm going to get like, um, well, if the patient's awake, then I'm just going to do my ring down. But if the patient is not awake, I put a four lead on. At this entire time, the patient has only had a pulse oximetry attached. So I only know their heart rate, pulse ox, respirations, and um, I've from their pulses, I know if their perfusions shit or bad in their skin signs. If the patient's not awake, I put a fucking four lead on. You can, again, a lot of primaries would disagree on me on my hate, on like my importance of blood pressure. Because again, here's the thing about a lot of trauma patients. Like let's say your trauma patient has no radial pulse, but has a carotid pulse. Well, if he has no radial pulse, it's going to be very fucking hard for me to palpate a blood pressure. And even worse, those are the types of fucking patients that are going to go into traumatic cardiac arrest on you. Those is a huge, that's why I said I like to have two riders minimum for um, any altered trauma patient. Because those patients have a high chance of fucking coding on you and becoming a traumatic arrest. That's why I like to put a fucking formula on. Because, like, let's be honest, we're, we're not constant. For trauma, you're working fast. There's so, you're, let's say you're working fast and then you aren't reassessing pulses constantly. I might not be reassessing pulses constantly, but I can always look at my monitor and see, wait, that four lead don't look right. That four lead was okay before, but now it's like fucking bradycardic as fuck, or now it's PEA, most likely PEA because it's hemorrhagic. Okay, shit, he fucking coded. This call completely fucking changed. That's why for like an ultra trauma patient, I actually say four leads are way more important than blood pressures because you don't need a blood pressure because you know their blood pressure is fucking shit. Okay, so I'm continuing to the next step. If your patient was awake, I like to do my ring down even for the blood pressure. If my patient's not awake, I put the four lead on and then I do uh, um, a ring down. Now, this is going to be conflicting depending on um, which county you do. Because, uh, again, I'm not doing a good ring down. I'm doing a very bare minimum uh, ring down. Like, uh, yeah, like the top of my head. I'm just going to give, like, a fucking example. Again, I don't have a script, so I'm just going off the top of my head. Let's say we have an ultra patient. Um, I'm pretty much going to, like, trauma center one. This is uh, Salty Medic 69 coming at you with a code 3 trauma activation. On board, we have a 28-year-old male. Uh, who's currently of GCS of 8. Chief complaint is patient was struck by a car while uh, going about street speeds while he was crossing the street. Car has significant damage to the bumper and starring on the windshield. Uh, when we are on scene, patient has always been altered at GCS of 8. In terms of injuries, right now he has a contusion on the left side of his ribs. He has a huge contusion on the left side of his temple. And there's a, a slight deformity on his left hip. Uh... I can, I can feel a very weak radial pulse. Pupils are fours and equal, a little bit sluggish. Uh, we're currently working on an IV. Heart rate is, let's say heart rate is 68. Breathing about 14 times a minute. And let's say pulse sauce is 99% on room air. I have no further questions. I'll see you guys in about like five minutes. Um, again, no, I didn't even give a fucking blood pressure. But I did say... He has weak, weak radial pulses. I just say that in my ring down. And why do I mean a bare minimum ring down? Because again, this is trauma. Um, so you just kind of, you know, 
MIVT for your fucking format. Um, but other than that, why I gave a bare minimum. So this goes again with different different counties um, that I've experienced, and different different counties have worked their radios differently. The best county that I was in, uh, the best county that I've seen work uh, that had the best radios um, from shadowing nurses and shit. Literally, the triage nurse would have a phone in her pocket. When you paged that hospital, that that phone would ring. She would pick it up and then you would be able to give your ring down directly to her. She could literally, that nurse could literally put that phone down, put it on speaker and fucking like hear you and like do an IV on another patient, like on the, uh, some other patient while listening to your ring down. That was, that's probably like the best um, county in terms of like radio services. And then I would say the worst county I've been in for a stupid radio. The worst county I've been for uh, in terms of radios was this stupid fucking county. Um, they they have this weird fucking rule. They never let you ring down the hospital immediately. The rule was you had to ring down. You had to tell dispatch, hey, uh, can you ring down this hospital for me? And then your dispatch would ring down the hospital for you. And then you would switch to the channel, to the hospital channel, and wait for the hospital to tell you, go ahead, and then you would give your ring down. That's completely fucking stupid because it wastes fucking time. And I didn't know why it worked like that. I didn't know why it worked like that. I was like, wait, why do I have to tell my dispatch to ring them down? Why can't I directly ring down the hospital? If I could ring down the hospital directly, it would save so much time. And I was at one of the hospitals in that county and I was just talking to a nurse and I was testing it out. I I, I beeped the radio to the hospital that I was in just to see which which radio would come. And I was talking to the nurse who took ring downs and her thing didn't ring. And I, I know she was away from the radio station. I noticed, that the ra- I noticed that the radio station was beeping, but no one was there. And so I was talking to the nurse and I, uh, the triage nurse who was supposed to, who gets all the ring downs. I was like, like, why, uh, why aren't you at the radio station? And she's like, oh yeah, I'm triage. Like I, I go around helping around and if there's a radio thing, I'm like, what if, and, and I'm like, so how did, if you aren't at the radio station all the time, I get, I get it. You're triage, you're going around to different stations and helping people out and shit. Um, but if you're not constantly at the radio station, why aren't you like, you know, how do you know if you get a call? And she's like, oh yeah, uh, I have a pager on me. When your dispatch dispatch beeps my pager, I walk down to the radio station and uh, tell you guys to like give your ring down. And I was like, that's completely fucking stupid. That completely is stupid and doesn't fucking work. Cause like you, so you have a pager that only beeps when my dispatch tells you you're going to get a you're going to get a call, and if I beep you your hospital directly, you won't even notice it because you're not at the radio station. That like that that is so fucking ill managed and it wastes so much fucking time. I mean it's not it, it just wastes fucking time. Now the next county I'm going to talk about is probably going to be a normal county how radios work in most counties. Like you guys are probably like used to that and shit. So pretty much in this county, uh, how radios work is the triage nurses at the trauma center, they carried a phone on them. And okay, again, they're triage, so they're not always at the radio station. They're helping out with IVs and crap. But if you rang down the hospital, that triage nurse, her phone slash pager would beep and she would immediately run to the radio station and be like, all right, go ahead. This is trauma center, give your ring down. So I never had to tell dispatch. I could immediately, um, I can immediately beep them and like they would get back to me. Why I say this is an advantage and why I said I do a bare minimum ring down even before my blood pressure. I love to do more or I don't love, but I, for traumas, I would do multiple fucking ring downs, like two ring downs. 
like the first ring down, I try to get that as early as possible. I, MIVT, I just want to make sure I know all the injuries, and if it's really bad, like a traumatic arrest, or I think they're going to code, fuck the MIVT thing. I'm just like, we're coming at you code through trauma. I'll give you the rest later as I get more information. But I try to get as much information as I can, at least for the MIVT, excluding the blood pressure and vitals. Because again, with the mechanisms and injuries, they should already know, fuck. This is bad, and we're going to have to order some O negative blood fast. So I'm just giving their bare minimum ring down so they can get ready to get the blood down to the floor. They can get a trauma surgeon ready in the fucking OR and, um, and crap. I'll do like a second ring down later on as I get more um, shit. And if you have a stupid county where you can't ring the hospital directly, where you have to ring dispatch to constantly hit the hospital, you can't do multiple ring downs. And, and in my advice, does not fucking help you at all. Back to the order. Sorry, I'm getting off on these stupid tangents. So I did my bare minimum ring, ring down to the trauma center. Now I do my blood pressure. Palpate it. First blood pressure has to be palpated because it's much faster. If you can, again, if the patient has absent radials, you're, it's going to be super hard to palpate a blood pressure anyway, so might as, well, might as well do the automatic, you know, and take the automatic blood pressure with the grain of salt. Um, after I get the blood pressure, I am going to talk to the fire engine. Hey, did you get the IV? Did you get a blood sugar yet? If if they did not, I'm going to get the IV. If uh, like, let's say the, if the patient has trauma dick, they got trauma veins. The fire engine misses missed the IVs. Fair enough. That's that's cool. That's fine. We all fail IVs. I'm I'm going to start trying now because I got the blood pressure. Like now, I can start working on the IV. If he already got the IV, okay, cool. I'll get a second IV, or I'll tell him, hey, can you get a second IV? You know, that it's viral. And this is worst case scenario. And like, let's say you were first or second on scene and you had a really bad fire engine and you were like a really bad fire engine that you were completely arguing with during on scene while you have a critical patient in front of you. Like, if you, if you guys are fucking watching my channel, you guys already know I talk hell fucking shit about nurses and doctors. But to be honest, like I can't, like I kind of get the hate from the nurses and doctors because they're hospital. We're out of hospital. They're in the hospital. I get it. They're we're different. My gripe about fire engines and fire paramedics are way worse because we're both out of hospital. We should have that brotherhood. But on, but like there are so many shitty fire engines who who make medicine about their stupid fucking egos when it should be about the critical patient in front of you. If you have a bad rapport with the patient, if you are, oh, sorry, bad rapport with the engine, and you guys are completely arguing while the patient's dying in front of you because the stupid fucking engine is making this call about their egos and not about the patient, clear them. I got this, guys. I got this. I have a lot more work on my hands, but I got this. I'll handle it. So at this point, you're doing the IV. Because again, IVs are not important for trauma. Let's say if you were by yourself because you had a bad engine who left you in the dust or you just cleared them, you're doing your first IV now after you get the blood pressure. But if you have a good engine, you should have your second IV by, by now. Now that you have one IV at the minimum, you have one IV. Here are some optional shit that you can do. Again, I'm trying to keep this pretty fucking like free flowing. Cause I, again, I believe that there's a thousand ways you could run a call, a thousand ways you could choke a chicken, whatever. But there's some optional shit that you can do. I don't care if you do it or not. And this is also depending on counties. You have an IV by now. You can get fluids if you want, or you can do permissive hypotension if you want. You know, you can just keep the IV, no fluids if you want to do permissive hypotension, or you could administer fluids if you want. If you're administering fluids, 
Personally for me, I do 500 milliliters max because again, I don't want to dilute their clawing factors too much. So I just do 500 milliliters max. Uh, up to you how much fluids you want to give. It's not going to, you know, help. Just don't give too much fluids because you're going to fuck them up. Depending on your county and your protocols, hell, you could get a fucking TXA. Um, next, oxygen. Why is it optional? Because obviously if it's mandatory, like if, again, I already mentioned before, if the patient has a, an airway or breathing issue, you handle that shit before, uh, or at least had the equipment ready before your partner started driving code three. But let's say, like, let's say like most trauma patients, they were 99% on room air. They're just really fucking hemorrhagic and bad. You could put oxygen on them. There's nothing wrong with putting a non-rebreather on. It won't, studies have showed it won't really help them because the patient's not hypoxic. You know, they just don't have enough blood. They're in shock because they don't have enough blood transporting oxygen. You giving oxygen, hyper-flowing hyper um, oxygen to the hemoglobin is not really going to help much. Like, you can only go up to 100% of oxygen saturation. But if you want to put oxygen on, nothing wrong with that. You know, 100% nothing wrong with that. More optional shit you could honestly do. Let's say this is a uh, chest trauma. You could fucking do a 12 -week. Like if you like, honestly, you could, you could actually see, again, this is optional shit. You have your priorities in order. You all, this is, um, considering that you had all your priorities, you had your quick clot on, you already handle this shit for, uh, you could actually, if it's, if you're suspecting like attention pneumo, you could actually see like axis deviations, um, a new axis, a new axis, a new right axis deviation growing. So you could take stereo 12 of these if you had the fucking time. Again, an optional scale. You can see alternating R waves if it's a cardiac tamponade. You don't need a 12 lead for that. But, you know, again, you shouldn't even be thinking about that stupid shit on trauma. You should be thinking about fast, fast, fast. Let's say you're still transporting and you did your optional shit, your TXA, your fluids, your oxygen, or you did not. Because, again, it's optional. At this point, now I'm going to give, like, my good second ring down with a little bit more info with the blood pressure that I got with the reassessing while I'm doing my uh, second ring down I'm reassessing making sure the quick claw is good that they're not bleeding through the tourniquet and then at this point remember I mentioned the blankets now uh, now might as well you gave your second ring down you definitely reassessed those injuries enough you've seen everything you've had to see you've seen so much trauma dick you don't need to see that shit no more Fair enough. Let's put the fucking let's put the blanket on the patient. And again, the heater has been on this entire time. And if by now you should have by now you should have fucking arrived at the fucking hospital, you give your report, and you are fucking done. So yeah, you you just transport uh transferred care to like the ER team that gave your fucking report to your trauma docs and stuff. So for the normies uh, listening to this, uh, check this out. Again, unless the paramedic actually did anything to deal with this trauma patient's airway or breathing all they fucking did was literally use tourniquets and quick clot and fucking give the patient a huge fucking three thousand ten thousand dollar bill over nine thousand dollars worth of fucking bills so again i'm not a doctor or, or a lawyer so don't take any of my advice don't listen to me at all like if still a lot of normies out there like really if dude gets fucking shot, dude gets fucking stabbed, 
You don't you don't need an ambulance, dude. You just need to get to the fucking trauma center fast. You know, a homeboy ambulance could do that. A homeboy ambulance could do could do that way fucking faster. Like get one of your homeboys to just fucking drive you fast again and don't take don't take this don't take this advice but like everyone knows that there's aeds in every single fucking public office there's been talks lately that they're going to change it they're going to put not just aeds in government places but they're also going to put tourniquets and quick clots next to every single aed so soon literally everything that you that the paramedics use to help trauma like tourniquets and quick clots for the most part again i'm not talking about airway and breathing you all you have uh soon everyone will have like that will be able to like manage that for the most part if it's in every government place at that point all you need to do is drive fast you know like and to all like the stupid paragods like fucking listening to this if the paragod is holier than thou paragods listening to this just, just like again be honest if you did not do anything with air where you're breathing the patient didn't fucking need you you literally just ran this call like to bill someone yeah so yeah like and uh like and subscribe uh comment if you want more videos like this like more how i used to run calls i kind of don't like making a video like this mostly because i don't like like giving advice or helping people in something that i don't believe in like i i, I don't believe in ems and shit so I, I I just don't like fucking, you know, giving advice on how to run a fucking call on something that I, I wholeheartedly don't believe in. But if this is the kind of fucking content you guys like, you know, I'll keep making it. I'll, make, I'll keep making more how to run certain calls. And yeah, if like, and again, if Raid Shadow Legends, if you guys are fucking watching this and you guys are coming out with your own stethoscopes or trauma shears, like, you know, hit me up and, you know, boom. My broke ass couldn't use some fucking money to say that your set to sculpture trauma shears are the best.